With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Busting all the bells out the box. I just hit a lick with the box. Had to put the stick in the box. You need me like dollars that are owed to you. I turned to an addict, I brought me a paddock, I brought her a baby one What's up? This is Jordan Rowling, host and producer of Billboard News. And Gary Truss, senior director of charts. And you're listening to This Week in Billboard News. Today, we're taking a step away from our normal format of this show to talk about everything coronavirus and its impacts on the music industry. Side note, we are actually being responsible by socially distancing and recording our individual parts in our own homes. Yeah, so please excuse any city noises or families or roommates or cats that you might hear in the background. We'll also be joined by Dave Brooks, Billboard's Senior Director of Touring and Live Entertainment, and Melinda Newman, Billboard's Executive Editor of West Coast and Nashville. Two industry vets will be providing some expert insights into how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting the business in so many ways. Dave, Melinda, welcome. Welcome, Thank guys. You. Thanks. So at the time of this recording, the World Health Organization's count shows that there are over 200,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus worldwide. It's no secret by now that pretty much every live music event planned in the coming months has either been postponed or canceled due to the virus. So from technology conferences like South by Southwest to major concerts and festivals like Coachella and even our own award shows, the Billboard Music Awards, which were set for April 29th, and the Billboard Latin Music Awards and Latin Fest. Dave, Melinda, what are your thoughts on all these cancellations? And and are there some events and artists who are still holding out and have yet to cancel? Oh, um, it's really brutal on the, on the concert industry. I mean, what, you know, we're... You're talking about thousands of events getting canceled, you know, millions of dollars um, being held up in ticket sales. And yes, there are definitely like some holdouts, you know, who haven't canceled yet. But I, I, I tend to think most people have thought is that like, you know, anything for the month of June and probably July is is going to have to be either canceled or postponed. Yeah, there, there are two that we have not heard from yet in the country world. Uh, first up, gosh. Garth Brooks has two stadium shows in May that he has not made an announcement about yet, though it's hard to imagine that they would go forward given that the first one is May 2nd in Charlotte. But again, he has not made any announcement yet about what's going to happen with those. And then the other is CMA Fest, which is a huge event in in Nashville. Uh, It's June 4 through 7 this year when virtually every artist in country music plays four nights at the stadium where the Titans play and it's events through about 10 other venues in Nashville and I checked with the Country Music Association which puts it on yesterday and they have not made a decision yet either but given that Bonnaroo which is right around the same time has already canceled it's hard postponed it's hard to imagine that CMA Fest will go on in the form that it, it normally goes on. But again, we haven't heard any word yet. So honestly, all these postponements and cancellations, they're across every single genre within the music industry. Maybe the biggest question on everyone's mind, what is going to be the financial impact? Well, it's really 
hard to say. You know, the, 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 when you talk to the, the CEOs and the agents, I mean, they they will tell you they don't know, right? Um, they, it, no, no, not only do they not know what the final impact is going to be, no one really knows like how they're actually going to reschedule things to October. But I mean, look, I, I think that we've already started to see um, stock price of Live Nation drop uh, precipitously. Uh, I mean, you know, almost it's almost like sixty percent from two weeks ago. Um, you know, it won't be if it hasn't already started. Uh, layoffs haven't already started. Both. Um, is within venues, every single person in town with waitstaff or ushers, ticket takers, you know, that will begin soon. And I uh, usually follow you'll see layoffs at the corporate level, at both Live Nation, at AG, the big agencies. At this point, you know, it's almost like uh, I think people are just concerned about sa- saving um, the business, uh, as, as, you know, um, because um, the, the losses, you know, add every day. The same. I mean, it's. it's- incalculable the billions that are going to be lost and i know in all of our lifetimes we've never seen anything like this everyone's kind of comparing it to 9-11 which of course was its own kind of devastating horror but this is worldwide and we don't know the the end of this you know you hear up to 18 months before things are back to normal it's hard to imagine pure speculation of course that we would still be saying there are no concerts you know, a year from now, but we really don't know. I I guess, you know, we can look at other countries, like China seems to be, have flattened the curve and seems to be getting better and life seems to be getting back to normal there. So maybe three more months of this, but it's really hard. We just don't know. And it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see how everyone rebounds, which they will, but they'll rebound in a very different, how they rebound may look very different from the company they were before this happened. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, like, right aligned with what you guys were saying. It is really hard to see an end in sight, and how are we supposed to recover? We're all just kind of playing a waiting game and seeing what actually ends up happening. In the meantime, though, I mean, Gary, I think you're going to take the lead on this, but in the meantime, a lot of artists are still engaging with their fans. Yeah, Jordan. So as we all adjust to this new reality of life under quarantine, artists are going online to keep a semblance of live music going and to share some musical joy with everyone else who's also currently at home right now. So thankfully, with venues and bars on lockdown across the country, there are really so many options for a different kind of concert experience. And while sites like Stage It have been offering live stream shows for lesser known artists for years, the loss of road time has inspired acts of really all levels of acclaim to look for ways to bond with fans right now, even if it's from their own kitchens. So, uh, Melinda, this seems like kind of a positive, if we can find one in all of this, that people are finding really creative ways to still perform their craft and bring comfort to fans. Gary, exactly. I, I think this is such a traumatic time for most people, and the music industry and the music community has pulled together in unprecedented fashion and in really fast fashion. I mean, by the beginning of this week, we had, uh, you know, Chris Martin from Coldplay doing a concert that, you know, was live streaming. Keith Urban did an amazing one. And now you could really almost spend your whole time while you're self-quarantining watching these live shows. In fact, last night there was an amazing one, uh, the Luck Reunion, which is this annual festival that's held in uh, Willie Nelson's backyard, did a live stream uh five-hour event with most of the acts that were going to play there. Wow. Willie, uh, Paul Simon, and Edie Brickell, Lucas Nelson, Nathaniel Rateliff. 
So you're actually now seeing uh, these mini festivals coming together where everyone's in place. Everyone's in their living room or their bedroom, you know, in terms of the artists. But they're becoming these much bigger events. Uh, and some of them are going to become charity-oriented, like the uh, WHO, um, the WHO Global Citizen Solidarity Sessions. It's really wonderful to see everyone coming together and realizing we're all in this together. And it's impressive to see that when everyone really is so apart, to be able to put something together like that through uh, ways that we have to do it digitally. Uh, that's sort of even more impressive that even when we're all separate, we're finding a way to make something even much bigger than just someone performing in their own home by themselves. And make people feel less alone. You know, I mean, Garth Brooks has one coming up on uh, Monday where he has a normal uh, Facebook show. And uh, this Monday, it'll be a concert. Just him taking acoustic requests for, you know, up to an hour. It just makes people feel less alone while we're uh, isolated. And to yeah, surmise, I, 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 I totally agree. You know, on, on St. Patrick's Day, um, the Dropkick Murphy did um, one, one of the best, I think, these uh, concerts I've seen yet. You know, and they were able to do it, you know, on the soundstage um, in, in Boston. Um, and, 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 it, and I'll say it's amazing. It's amazing. The fact that they were able to do it uh, at all is because they all happen to live in Boston, right? I mean, you know, how many? You'd be surprised how many of your favorite bands actually don't all live in the same town together. But you know, this was the show was basically a replacement for the uh, Kicking Up to Boston five-part series they usually do around St. Patrick's Day, and the band really depends on that, you know, that that, that show and that and that revenue. And I, so I thought it was really cool to put on this free concert. Um, you know, recorded on a sound stage in Boston. I know uh, I was talking to the manager Jeff Costalov, and he was telling me that people were still texting him up to the lead of the concert, saying, "Hey, where's the secret show?" He's like, "Okay, guys, not this is not a secret show. Don't come. This is you know a streaming performance." And um, I watched it, and um, I thought it was really excellently done. It made me feel kind of hopeful and happy. And you know, even the, and the, you know these guys they. They took the shirt that they were going to um, to sell for um, the, the St. Titus Bar, and they and instead of you know kicking up to Boston, they, they changed the shirt and it's streaming up to Boston. And on the back of the shirt, would usually would list all the um, the Boston venues from the House of Blues to um, this arena out in Lowell, Mass. Now it just says venue, my living room, um, and they sold eight thousand of those shirts in an in, in hour. So you know the. They figured out a bit how to bring some revenue in, and you know how to you know get support from their financial support from their fans. Um, and, and I was just really impressed by their effort. Right. So, Dave and Melinda, like you just mentioned, we've seen artists doing live shows from venues, but we also, as Gary mentioned, we have artists doing live shows straight from their home. So, I think Coldplay was one of the first to kick it off. Uh, Chris Martin started his live stream concert. He was live on Instagram for 30 minutes. And then John Legend joined in. You know, we've seen Miley Cyrus and Charlie XCX. They have a daily live stream show featuring other artists now. It's really a trend that's taken off. Dave, do you have anything to add on that note? Yeah, Jordan, you know, I think that artists are, are not going to be like bound by uh, kind of the production needs that they usually have at these concerts. And I don't, even, I, I don't think there's going to be a sound check, right? I think that. People are just going to kind of create, like, raw in the moment. Um, we saw Bono from U2 um, basically kind of composing live the song for, um, you know, people in Italy and talking about singing from the patio. They were beautiful 
um, clip they shared, you know. Um, but then, then we saw someone like uh, Rhett Miller from the old 97 um, last night. Just kind of more of a conventional uh, a concert, you know, um, where he's kind of going through a set list and, and even taking requests. Um, so I, I think everyone's going to try different formats. They can try different things, you know. Um, and it's like, it's not always like, oh, I have to sell something or, or get, get merch to my fans to bring revenue. I think a lot of these guys, um, it's just about staying in touch with their fans, in touch with the music community, and just kind of being in front of this, right? Like, being in front of this now so that when the situation improves, they're in a better position, you know, with their fans and with the music world. Almost like you know, making sure they stay relevant during this time. Yeah, making sure they stay relevant, right? And like you know, um, making sure that like you know they're they're connecting with what people are feeling, right? Which is you know depress depressing. I mean, I went to you know my uh, bagel place today. I've been going forever just to see the looks of people's faces. It just makes you sad to like walk out to the car sometimes, like you know. Um, and, and I think there's some hope in these performances like and that's what people really are craving right now i agree i think they're craving hope and they're craving connectivity and these artists are really doing us an amazing service and you know music has always gotten us through hard times i do want to point out that a lot of these artists are clearly already struggling because they were counting on this revenue that was going to come in from their touring Zach Brown posted a heartbreaking uh, Instagram post on Wednesday night where he had let go most of his crew because he had no money coming in since he had to cancel, um, well, postpone the first several weeks of his tour. And it's just really a, a heartbreaking video where he's crying. He's like, you know, these guys have been with us forever, but we're not generating revenue right now. So hopefully he'll be able to bring them back on board as of today, the tour will still start again in May, though I wouldn't be surprised if that gets pushed back. But I just want to point out for any musicians who might be listening, um, yesterday Billboard Online published a state-by-state -state resource guide for music professionals who need help during the crisis. It's financial help, uh, if you need help answering medical questions. It's just this amazing resource guide of who's out there to try to help you. You know, whether it's even just giving you a flat 250 bucks to help you get groceries or, you know, replace instruments that you may need help with. It's just a great resource guide that we've put up that will continue updating that people can check back if they're looking for some assistance. I love that, Melinda. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. Uh, I also want to say that Billboard is also doing its part to try and bring entertainment to fans at home. With that, Billboard has launched our Billboard Live at Home series, so we'll be bringing you some live music from the comfort of your own home. Already we've got a, a nice little lineup. We've got Keanu Lede, JoJo, Russell Dickerson, and Josh Groban all signed up for it. Even better, though, each Billboard Live at Home performer will choose a nonprofit partner working overtime to help those impacted by the coronavirus pandemic to support their live streams. So causes like My Friend's Place, American Red Cross, Meals on Wheels America, Direct Relief, and more. So all of that information will be on Billboard's Facebook page and at our website, billboard.com, where you can check out the times and dates of all of those live streams. 
Yeah, and speaking of uh, JoJo, Jordan, you just mentioned the artists are getting really creative with their own catalogs. So obviously JoJo, one of her most famous songs is Leave Get Out. She's just done a new version called Chill, Stay In. So uh, more appropriate for what's going on right now. I love it. We need a little humor in these times, don't we? And speaking of teaming up with causes, during this time, as we mentioned, some musicians are sharing their talents to keep fans entertained, while others are giving not only their time, but their tremendous resources to provide aid to the less fortunate in their communities and around the world. Brad Paisley, Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, Lil Nas X, Justin Bieber, just to name a few. And Ciara and Russell Wilson are even donating a million meals to the Food Lifeline, which provides nutritious meals to the food insecure in Western Washington. They announced this tremendous effort in a video on Twitter. And so what we've decided to do is partner up with our local food bank in Seattle, um, Seattle uh, Food Lifeline, and we're going to donate a million meals. Um, to hopefully make a difference. And for the most part, artists have also been encouraging their fans and followers to continue practicing social distancing because they're really taking it seriously. So, you know, it seems like a lot of artists are donating to the food banks. And in the hip-hop world, Lil Nas X, Meg The Stallion, people are even going on social media and asking their fans to drop their cash app usernames so they can send them money to their fans that are, are struggling. So all in all, I think just across the industry, it's, it's like you said, Melinda, we're going to see such big pushes and it's going to continue. So at this point, there's an unfortunately deepening list of artists and celebrities who have contracted COVID-19, including Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. We've also seen sports stars, including the NBA's Kevin Durant and other actors, including Idris Elba. In the music world, two of the more prominent names so far we've heard, gospel legend Sandy Patty and producer-writer Andrew Watt, who's worked with Cardi B, Post Malone, Camila Cabello, among others, and including on last year's Hot 100 number one, Senorita by Camila and Shawn Mendes, which Andrew Watt co-wrote and co-produced, Watt said that he began not feeling well and, quote, the chills, sweats, and fevers did not stop. I started to become delusional and then began the dry cough. He was then tested and his diagnosis was confirmed. He added, quote, I'm 29 years old. I'm a healthy young man and I'm going to get through this no matter what. I'm going to make a full recovery, but there are so many people in my life and in the world that could possibly not get through this due to their age and or a compromised immune system. I can't stress this enough. This is not a joke. Stay inside. Stay sanitized. End quote. So, Melinda, the industry is obviously affected, not just artists, not just the names people see on an everyday basis, but people behind the scenes, staffs and record companies, just like everyone else. Companies are working from home, right, for the most part, and that's affecting really how you promote new music at a time like this. How do you do that when everyone, just like every other business, is pretty much quarantined? It's business as usual in terms of social media, in terms of just trying to get the word out. But even one label, a head of publicity at one label talked to me. They said, do we even stop sending out press releases right now? Like, what... What do we do that what we're doing right now is such a backseat? Is it, you know, insulting for reporters to get a press release about so-and-so's song, you know, just being certified gold at a time when some people are struggling for their lives? So, you know, most labels, uh, all the employees are working from home, are working remotely. So that's, you know, causing disruption. And then in terms of actually trying to promote things, they're trying, like it's, and and they're just trying to figure out any way to cut through the clutter. Whether it is through a free, you know, hey, our artist is going to do this concert, and that way 
they can get a little focus on the on the artist. But it's very, very difficult. People are very distracted, and people are focusing 100% on this. So it's a really it's a really rough time to figure out how to navigate through something that none of us have lived through before. Yeah, and there is something to be said for trying to keep some normalcy. Maybe people uh, hear that something's coming out, kind of feels like, okay, not everything's disrupted. It's kind of nice to see that, sure, music's still coming out. Maybe that's comforting. I, I think so. I, I think people don't don't know yet. They're trying to walk this, this tightrope of, is it okay for us to say, hey, so-and-so just signed this big publishing deal, or so-and-so just got signed to this label. Is it tacky to be touting that right now? Or is it, listen, we are working from home. It is business as usual in some, you know, ways. So, you know, we're still, we're still working. So I think, yes, I think it's, it's just a weird, it's a weird balance that the labels are trying to strike. Yeah, Melinda, um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's really hard to, to kind of take the news items that we normally do every day and, 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 and publish, you know, them in, kind of in the corona era, especially the real, real promotional stuff. Like, uh, you know, because agencies are still finding artists, right? And, and people are still releasing songs and videos. I mean, it feels like unless there's some kind of acknowledgement of what's going on or it somehow works into the kind of narrative that we're all... Um, struggling with this, it doesn't strike the right tone. That, that's how I approach it, um, you know, on the live uh, touring desk. I think we, we, everything, knowing that people are kind of suffering right now and knowing that it's such hardship, um, everything kind of gets within that, everything has to be within that lens for for COVID-19. Will that change, you know? I hope so, you know. Um, but right now, it just it seems awkward to kind of go about the the, the typical industry uh, accolades. Right. Everyone's kind of focused on where their next paycheck is coming, I think. Everyone's focused on, like, is society going to survive, right? Right. Is, are we going to have, are we going to have civilization? Right. The health implications of this, like, can our healthcare system support this pandemic? This is, these are the things on people's minds, right? Instead of who just signed to which major label. Yes, but I also think People need distraction, and I also think we are talking about the economic impact will be so great from this that all of these artists are really just trying to put food on their table right now and trying to figure out a way to do that. So if by letting people know they have music and it gets streamed, but they and the songwriters can make some money right now, it's really... I don't. I don't fault anyone from trying to keep their head above water in any way right now, unless they're gouging people trying to sell hand sanitizer for twenty-five dollars a bottle. So it's it's really a, it's a tough, tough time, and people are just navigating through the best they can. Yeah, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you, Melinda. It's you know, uh, everything in this business. Uh, and, and not only music but media, but it's, all, it's a nuanced type of thing, right? There's no easy answers, and and you know, each, it, it, everything is just going to take a little bit of more thought about how we we, we do this. You know, there's no, there's no like no new releases to be announced. That's not the way to approach. It, but I just think we have to kind of evolve a bit on um, how we look at how you present these things, and and everything has to just have a, that finesse. To, to get the message right, and and, and I, I think 
I've been pretty encouraged by how quickly you've all kind of been able to do that. So Melinda and Dave, we've talked about how tours are being pushed back and rescheduled. Uh, in terms of album releases, there are some high-profile albums that are set with uh, dates. Do you think, uh, and have you seen, and have you heard that any releases might be pushed back just because everything is so uncertain right now? So Gary, I think it's really day-to-day on what we're going to see. We know that some artists are moving their records, their album releases, especially newer artists. For example, like Kaylee Hammock, who's a new country artist, she's pushed, she's pushed back her album release. I think for other artists, it's just going to be a day-to-day decision. I think there may be some artists like Lady Gaga who feel like the world needs my music, and we do. So they may just go ahead and put it out, and then they'll worry about how to really promote it when we're all safe again. I mean, the good thing is everyone's at home on the Internet, so I think the promotion will do itself. All right, Dave and Melinda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye, you guys. Thank you. Well, for Billboard's ongoing list of all of the major music events that have been canceled, plus for more on all of these stories we've talked about, head to Billboard.com. You know, we are Billboard, so we do need to hit on the charts. Gary, can you give us some normalcy and tell us what's going on? Yeah, Jordan, let's uh, take our minds off uh, some of these tougher subjects we're dealing with by looking at what's going on on the charts this week. And thankfully, there's a lot of chart news to help us do that. We'll start on the Billboard Hot 100, where Roddy Rich's The Box is number one for a milestone 10th week. That makes it the first song to rule for double-digit weeks since Lil Nas X's Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, which spent a record 19 weeks at number one last year. You need me like dollars that are owed to you. Meanwhile, number 89 on the Hot 100 is not usually the most noteworthy number, but this week it is, as that's where Oprah's bank account by Lil Yachty, Drake, and DaBaby debuts, and that makes for history for Drake. The song is his 208th ever to hit the Hot 100, and that gives him the record all to himself for the most appearances in the chart's entire history, which dates to 1958. Drake passes the Glee cast, which notched 207 entries. Okay, Gary, I have to point out, of course, Champagne Poppy lived up to his name. He celebrated by posting an Instagram story in which he was popping some bubbly. <laughs> Gotta find some way to celebrate right now. <laughs> Drake definitely deserves it. We've also got history in country as Gabby Barrett, who finished third on American Idol in 2018, earns her first top 10 on the country airplay chart as I Hope jumps to number nine. And as it joins Ingrid Andrus's first top 10, More Hearts Than Mind, at number 10, this week marks the first time ever the two debut hits by women rank in the chart's top 10 together. So that's good news for women who for a while now have had a tough go on country radio. If you remember, Jordan, it was just over a year ago that Billboard reported that no women ranked in the country airplay charts top 20 for the first time ever. So now Gabby Barrett, Ingrid Andrus are both in the top 10 together. They're helping to reverse that trend. Let's go for the ladies. Gary, Maren Morris is also doing really well, right? Yeah, she's also in the top 10 with The Bones, a former number one, and actually three women in the top 10. That hasn't happened since October 2012. So women definitely uh, at a higher point right now in the country chart. I turned to an attic, I brought me a paddock, I brought her a baby one. Yeah, I brought me a Maybach, came with two doors, yeah, that's a Mercedes one. 
Over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Lil Uzi Vert earns his second number one with Eternal A Take, which opens with 288,000 equivalent album units, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. And the set should score a second week at number one next week, as industry forecasters suggest that the set could draw another 225,000 units in its second week. That's a really high number for a second week, and it's held by the March 13th release of its deluxe edition. As always, for the reveal of the Billboard 200's Top 10, check out Billboard.com this Sunday. And to find out the Top 10 on the Hot 100, come back Monday. And, well, we do have one chart story related to the coronavirus, as so many people, again, are at home right now and streaming. Well, they're streaming songs related to what's going on, notably R.E.M.'s It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, gained by 48% in streams in the week ending March 12th. The next, My Sharona also gained, since Sharona rhymes with Corona. And we'll leave on a positive note. How about this? Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive is also on the rise. Gotta think positive, right, Jordan? Yep, I loved her TikTok using her song to show us all how to wash our hands properly. If you peep Billboard's TikTok account, you will see our own Chelsea Briggs actually jumping in on the on the challenge. It's the best advice anyone could give right now. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jordan Rowling. I'm Gary Trust. We'll see you next time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.